here we go. All right, all right. Y'all already know what time it is. It's Thursday. Getting ready for the weekend. Raw Mind Sports. We got college football coming up. You know, this is the episode of Never College Football. With that being said, me and Coach J, we'll be right back at you. You're on time to talk sports with Raw Mind. Game day, who plays with updates of all kinds. From fresh spots to sideline. Who got cut? Who got signed? Who's clutch when it's crunch time? The starting lineup or the pine. These athletes compete, some without even trying. You want a championship? You gotta grind. When them bright lights shine, and this game go nine, they gon' cover the story not quite like rhyme. Exclusive interviews, dudes plug like Mike Line. He's got the inside scoop of why, who got fine? Prime. Time. Got the game statistics. I could say if you wasn't at the game, you missed it. But now Raw Mind Sports covers the distance. Front row, that's close, like a coach's assistant. You wanna be in the know? Eyes open and listen. This is Raw Mind Sports, another edition. Welcome to Raw Mind Sports. It's your host Ryan Jones Senior. We got Coach J, and this show is sponsored by Essential Collections by Monica Ritz. Essential Collections by Monica Ritz. Use the website www.essential e s c e n t u a l a s c o l l e c t l e n dot square dot site. Use the promo code Raw Mind. Use promo code Raw Mind. Get a fifteen percent discount. She has Black Friday specials. Even though Black Friday was last week, she still has them going. Mm-hmm, she still mm-hmm. has a lot of sales going on. And she's also, if you're in the local town of Tarboro, in the Tarboro Coffee Shop, she has her merch and she has a good surprise coming up very soon that I just found out today. And I'll let her tell you that when it's time. So that being said, Coach Jay, how you doing today? Hey man, Prime, great man. Blessed, blessed to be here, man. Gra- glad to be a proud of your, part of your show again, man. Always love that intro as always, man. And I see you rocking a new fitted there, man. I love it. Oh yeah, let me see if I could get myself to glare. It's uh, let me see. Oh boy, can anybody? I guess the light is glaring. I'm gonna get my camera crew to come over and get the light. It says local. Yeah, yeah, um, sir, local. Yeah, let me let me check. I'm, I'm gonna write it out. Hold on a second. Local North. Oh, local old North State. Local old North State. Local old North State. Local old North State. I couldn't tell if I need to put it up there or not. So that being said, I don't know. Um, it was nice gift. That's all I'm gonna say. <laughs> so uh here we go, man. We're gonna talk about these topics. We ain't gonna hold you guys long. We know guys probably getting ready for tomorrow and all that good stuff. So here we go. We about to get the party started, is what my boys say. Uh Essential Collections has sponsored this topic. Kirby Smart getting ready for the SEC Championship and in Alabama. But uh, I'm going to let you go in first and let's talk about this Essential Collections topic, of one of the topics of the day. Oh, man, I get first dibs on this, man. Look, big, big, big team right here, man. Uh, Georgia Bulldogs, Kirby Smart. Uh, Georgia's, Georgia's been playing well this year, man. You know, uh, championship caliber team. Some people have been knocking them off by who they've been playing. And, you know, they've, they're they going to have a challenge coming up soon. We're going we're gonna to talk about that later. But we, I'm not going to get into that. But Kirby Smart, very smart coach. 
um, who's put his team in a great position so far. Um, you know, he's mimicking what the Tide have been doing, you know, being very disciplined, big up front team, fast gap sound, uh, fast flowing backers with, with safeties that are uh, attacking and attacking downhill that can also, you know, play in the pass game as well. You know, and then you got physical, big, strong receivers and a, and a powerful running back. Uh, you know, and those running backs, they can go. They can f- flat out fly. You know, you, you think about, you know, the, the way he built that team. He built it like Bama, you know, a uh, solid quarterback play. I, I think if you think about the maturation of the quarterback, his quarterback is, is a, a lot ahead um, than Alabama's quarterback. It took him a little time at the beginning of the year um, to Ooh. get there. With our loss against Texas, it was just, oh, man, bad loss. But uh, it's just growth period. Um, but yeah, man, uh, excellent recruiting there, man. You know, Kirby Smart, you can see, you know, why Bama was so good those many years. They had Smart on that team, and you can see some of that drop off just a little bit. But Kirby Smart, man, an excellent dude, man. I love what he, I love what they're doing in Georgia, even though I'm a Bama guy. Man, I'm gonna tell you now, man. I, you know, Georgia Kirby Smart, even with the NILs, he's still doing good. You know, mm-hmm. the hometown guy Todd Gurley went there, and yep. Kirby Smart was there at the time, was Mark right? But um, they, they're still playing good football. They're still at the top, and no matter mm-hmm. if the NILs are going on or not, you know that it happened all around college football. Georgia apparently is still standing strong at the top, even with all diversity of the NILs. I know Georgia has money. We know Florida has money. Alabama probably has a lot of money when it comes to football and NIL. You know, it's certain schools that have money for that particular sport that that, that makes sense. But man, yep. I ain't gonna lie, man. It was a tough one, but the throw, even though it's bad, bad defense, you know, mm-hmm. with Milroy making that throw, we might have ourselves a ball game. This might be the game, even though they lost to Texas early this year, Alabama. Yeah. What's up, Jose? This team is probably prime for the big run. Like, this team right now is probably ready to play against Georgia in the uh-huh. SEC Championship. This is going to be big boy football. It's two masterminds. Yes. You know, got Nick Saban, who had Kirby Smart always on his coaching staff. They know each other. They play golf together. They do a lot of stuff together. But I'm just telling you now, this yeah. game will not be a blowout. We're about to see Alabama get back to doing Alabama things. Raw thoughts. And I'm going to check the comments because I don't know if anybody came in that. Okay, okay. Oh, hola, hola. Oh, oh, oh. Okay. You know. Que pasa? <laughs> What's up? You already know. So uh, what, what are your raw thoughts outside of that? Man, uh, listen, we, I mean, if you're looking at both teams and the way they've been playing and how they construction, they're, they're a mirror of each other. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a, it's going to be a matchup that, um, I think they're going to be uh, it's going to be a tight four quarter game. Uh, you know, the core, I, you know, we got a young quarterback, but I, I think it's going to be a tight four quarter game. But I, we're not going to get into it yet. But um, I, I love what Kirby Smart is doing down there, man. Uh, just excellent. You know, recruiting wise, uh, Georgia was already competing, you know, up there in the top 25 of the league. And but now, I mean, he took them to a different, um, you know, a different era, different element. There are three straight possible three straight championships coming up. So I, I love what they're doing there. Oh, yeah, no doubt. And uh, it's going to be an interesting one. Now, mm-hmm. for, for me, um, we, we got another topic here. Let me go ahead and get this uh, uh, comment off. And this topic here will be interesting as well. Let me check it out. Um, let's go to this one. Um, let me see if I can find it. 
a guy from Duke. He yeah. leaves. He actually, I was honored to be in the the stadium, um, Wade Stadium, Wallace uh-huh. Wade Stadium, to watch him play. I mean, yeah. to watch him coach his last game at Duke against Pittsburgh. Fun day, fun. But it's almost was like, did we see this coming? Did you see this coming, Coach Jay? <laughs> Listen, honestly, uh, I got some metrics behind it too, but. Uh, I, I kind of saw it coming. Duke is not a it's a predominantly basketball team. And uh, when you get it's like this when you when you're a coach and you get success at the FBS level. Right. And, you know, you're not at one of the big time schools in the big time markets um, like the SEC or you're not at a Alabama, Georgia, um, Auburn and places like that. You're in the ACC. You're not at Florida State of Clemson. You're trying to look for that bigger role. Um, so what you do is you you play you play smart like he did. You, mm-hmm. you make it you make a team in the top 10. And and one of the things that I want to look back at Duke's schedule. Right. Duke had a real close game event against Notre Dame. Right. That game came down, you know, pretty much to the last drive. Yeah. Um, right. Right. Before it went into overtime. Right. He had an opportunity. Right. It was fourth down. Um, they, they, they blitzed on first, second and third down. OK. On fourth down, they played coverage. Quarterback got out, um, scrambled out there. And I. Honestly, I think that if that didn't happen, if they blitzed on fourth down, that would have been a win. This would have been a totally different, uh, a totally different season for those guys. And of course, they dropped a few games after that. They dropped the game versus Florida State, thirty-eight twenty. Uh, Louisville was twenty-three zero. I think the there was the deflation in the team after they lost a couple games. They mm. thought they were better in that, you know, and they probably kind of let up their guard. And they lost to Carolina, forty-five to forty-seven, forty-five, and Virginia, thirty to twenty-seven. Correction. That game versus Notre Dame did not get it going overtime. It was just a four-quarter game. But um, I, I really think that that game, that would have been a totally different game had um, they did, uh, you know, blitz on that fourth down. They were up um, and they had an opportunity there. But, you know, you can't get those games back. But just to kind of look at the metrics here, um, you know, Duke, which, you know, as good as they were, uh, they were still 63rd in the nation at points per game, 26 points a game. Mm. Uh, you know, they weren't, defense, they weren't really as good like they were last year, basically. What you're saying, they, it's kind of like they went down, they were they were good, uh, because of who they played and how they looked versus who they played, but uh, numerically, they weren't like an elite uh, football team where you're thinking they're top 10 in all their categories. I mean, their third down conversion, they're 30, they're 34 percent, they're 97 in the nation. I mean, there, there are a lot of metrics here, like their, their defense points per game is 20.9, they're, they're 23rd. You know, mm. so um, this was a good move from him. He, he's going to a better place, I think. So uh, it's going to be a tougher place because he's going to be in the SEC. But uh, as a you know, thinking about smart wise, you want to be you want to be there. It's better. It's easier to recruit in the SEC than it is over here in the ACC. Right. right now, right. It's, yeah, but you know, as far as recruiting, you know, um, yeah, I think that when he gets there, he's going to have to uh, solidify that quarterback position. Um, he's got to build them both offensively, offensively, and the defensive side of the ball. Um, because their defense last year, well, this year still is, is 32nd in the nation over there. Uh, and, and then, you know, um, I, I just in college, that- in college football, you know, it's it's so many teams. Mm-hmm. I mean, for you, I mean, because this is my raw thoughts. Do you consider that pretty good at 32 teams? Uh, I kind of do. I mean, but- not, I meant to say it's so many teams. It's like it's thousands of teams, you know, college teams. So, yeah, but. You think about it, you're in the SEC, right? And we know SEC mm-hmm. is known for defense, right? 
And you mean Ooh. to tell me there are 31 teams that are better than you? Ooh. And, you know, I mean. I, different. Right, right, right. I was talking from yeah. a Duke perspective. I get what you're saying. Right, right, right. Yeah, from a Duke perspective, I mean, if you can be top 30, that's great. Because it's, it's, right, it's right, Duke, right. it's ACC. You're not, you don't think of Duke and, and ACC as being, you know, great for defense. Um, but, yeah, uh, their defense was, you know, top, I mean, top 23rd. You know, I think they could have been better. They were better. They'd probably be in a, in a better position right now. And yeah, that's all I was sitting there thinking. So now with Duke being over there, being really good on defense for that number, yeah. that's good to me for Duke to be there on the defense <laughs> with all the rankings and all that stuff, yeah. you know, and, and, and multiple teams over and over. Now you're going to SEC. Being a 32nd ranked team in the SEC will get you cooked, will get you bait. You probably get paid. Roth thought you're going to get some money. Yeah. But being a 32nd team, 32nd defensive team, or in the 30s in the SEC, where yeah. it gets done, and you got to deal with Georgia, you got to deal with Alabama, you don't know what, I mean, with inconsistency play of um LSU, you may have to deal with LSU. I'm just naming teams, Florida up and down. Kentucky yeah. has to start getting better and better as the year's coming, football. And you got Tennessee. Tennessee, by the way, from what my boy was saying, um, shout out to my guy Blake Thompson. He says Tennessee got all the money when it comes to NILs. They they can save, serve you, save you, whatever, whatever you need. They got it. So that's another team that you have to deal with. You beat thirty second there, and you play in the SEC, which people will say, agree or disagree, the SEC is the best football conference that is, unless you say agree. But after that, you may say Big Ten or Pac twelve. But right now, he's back home. He'll keep those Texas recruits in state, I would like to say. I think he keep those guys there. Um, either they go to Texas, and he may get raw thoughts at the moment. He may get the guys who Georgia and Alabama don't get, but they could be competitive or what Texas get. But I don't know what comes on after that. But, yeah, give me your raw thoughts on that. Uh, I can see that, you know, uh, – Texas kind of up and down, and that could be an opportunity for them to, to steal some of those in-state guys from the University of Texas, right, where you think we'll be going there, you know, go horns. But uh, <laughs> I, I like where he's at. You know, you think about for the for this, for this the state of Texas, you know, a, a huge state is, is huge in, in high school football. That's a mm -hmm. place that he should be able to build, uh, you know, build a culture, build a winning culture, strong culture. That's some good football down there in Texas, Texas high school football. Um, but you know, I, I think they'll be able to, they, they got a lot in their own backyard that they can recruit. They can recruit all day long. <laughs> yeah. Say that. So, um, and that's, that's the beast of that. But, um, how do you feel first season? It's going to be a rebuilding year. Do you think it's a yeah. horrible year or do you think he kind of somewhat comes out 500? Um, it's kind of hard to say. Um, I need to look at that roster and see who's coming and who's going. Uh, Some ideas that they have a quarterback, and Riley actually left mm -hmm. Duke. Could he be yeah. going to Texas a and I don't think he's going to the NFL. Yeah, I, I would. It, it would be smart for him to follow his coach because you think about this, right? Who knows your value more than the guy who you're with now, right? Um, so it'd be smart for him to go with them there. Now, however, I don't know if he exactly elevates that team that well. Um, there were times in the in, in, in the games this year that I watch, um, especially for uh, versus Notre Dame, that, you know, I, I felt like he kind of hindered the offense a little bit. Um, and I feel like uh, from an offensive standpoint, you know, they were kind of scared to throw the ball in certain situations where I'm like, what are we doing? You know, but um, 
I hope that I hope that he goes there and you know he's a guy that knows the system. Um, they'll be able to mesh and gel on day one. He already knows, you know, depending on who he has his offensive coordinator. I mean, uh, you know, uh, who Elko's brings with him, but um, it'll be nice to see those guys mesh together um, there, you know. And and from the Duke side, where do they go from here? You know, where do you think they mm-hmm. go? Where do you think Duke goes from here? That's the part I want to say. Um, I don't know what Duke goes for here. Duke has always been a dominant basketball school, although they lost last yes. yesterday. And uh-huh. lacrosse is pretty good. Duke has never really, since I've been living, probably since you've been living, really been a good football school. They have a few good years. Yeah. They had yeah. promising years on the cut lift. Then yes. it went away. Yes. I was then you bring Elko that. in, had some, you know, a good year last year. He's only mm-hmm. been there two years, so you know. And this year was kind of a little different because they went down a little bit, but not as bad. Now he leaves; yeah. he comes in with the culture, changing the culture. And the thing about these, um, this Duke family, you know, like their 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 culture, it's a brotherhood. It's like they say for basketball, but they're really really good at like yeah. bringing in stuff as a family. Like they're a big family. It's a small knit school that allows you to be super close, like you at home. Like a lot of schools are so huge to where like they may be there, but it's not like a family oriented like um college. Um, Duke, I don't know who's available. I don't mm. know who may want to come to Duke. You know, Duke may have an mm. overhaul when it comes to people leaving. You know, we don't I, know what's I can gonna see happen. Quarterback already left. Yeah. So if you're coming in, you better be playing <laughs> at you know your recruiting ability. But if you're not, yeah. it's back to the drawing board, back to the bottom of the barrel, raw thoughts. I hate to see that, man. That's my team, Duke, man. But you know what? I, I got a I got a candidate I feel that would be great for it. But before I say that, uh, what do you think that Duke should look at from um, you know, I know you mentioned recruiting, right? What else should Duke look for within a head coach uh that you think that would be uh you know someone good for the program? What should they look for? I'm gonna tell you now, man, raw thoughts at this moment now. It ain't like by course, it ain't like basketball, but they have to take the basketball approach. Find somebody yeah. homegrown from the area or mm-hmm. from this state that's going to stay put for a while and understand yep. it's going to be growing pains at the beginning and we're going to continue to grow. At least be here three to four years or five. Mm-hmm. I say three to four years. You should, by your fourth year, we should see some results. We need somebody, somebody that's going to really – Right. Who's not going to just absolutely leave. You know, and I understand people. Now, I don't put it like this. I don't get mad because people leave for the check because I don't know what that situation is. Yeah. But I yeah. also – Want somebody, if I'm a fan, somebody who's going to stay and not run for the check. That's the fan side. But as a coach side, you look at it like, hey, like Elko, he getting paid good. He back home. He he may ain't getting fishing money, but he almost close to it. The yeah. boosters out here, they fired the man, paying the man, then they bringing him in and going to pay him off of incentives and stuff. And that means he going to have to really perform, but it still it still made sense because they, they fired Jimbo that was cool with it, and he was in a contract where – the back the next coach behind him when you're in a contract like Jimbo Fisher's, you're gonna have to um you're gonna have to what's the saying? Oh, Jimbo Fisher got them paying him. So the coach comes behind them may not get the contract they really want, but they're gonna get a contract yeah. that they satisfied with if they made sense. They're satisfied enough, but not necessarily what they want. That's the situation with them. Duke needs a homegrown coach who's mm-hmm. from here, from the area, who's gonna stay down, like Dorian is doing down there at NC State. You no, know, Mac Brown. 
probably gonna have to resign before he get fired. I doubt they just le- le- kick him out the door unless unless something Ooh. happened to more breaking news. It, I don't think like Matt Brown. Think about it. Matt Brown who came early and my uncle was playing football back then. Play was coaching back in the day. Yeah, he leaves for Texas. I want to say he got that championship for Texas. Yeah, he did because um, Vince Young was a, he was a coach for Vince Young. He got that championship get USC. Then he leaves. He goes to commentator. Then guess what happens? They decide to bring Matt Brown back. Most of the time in college in this era, you don't usually see coaches come back after they leave. But he actually left. True. And they wasn't um they wasn't um no bad blood or anything. Right, 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 right. So somebody like him probably has a security because they asked him to come back. Then you have a guy like you know Dorian's doing good. Who knows when he may leave? But man, NC State has been game level of play has elevated as since yeah. he's been there. Recruiting has been good. Their so, defense. And the, the thing is, though, I should say this. Do people really see Duke as a good football program or a good place to come to play football? So that's the next thing. Do they – I mean, <laughs> in the ACC, Clemson is, is is getting – maybe could get back to where they are prediction-wise next season. Yeah. But it was some – it was just about anybody's game in the ACC this season. Anybody could have yep. won the ACC. Carolina could have won. You saw Louisville playing in it. Pitt is um there. Notre Dame for um football wise, you know it's open. Um, well, I want to say, I want to say, no, no, Notre Dame is not on. You know that they come something, but you know it was multiple teams that probably had a shot in the conference to get to the ACC championship. So this was the year to make the statement. Now, I don't know what's going to happen next year. NC State might be there. Mm-hmm. Listen, you never know. Um, but for me, raw thoughts to your question. It has to, For me, it has to be somebody homegrown. Because yeah. one person homegrown is going to take the time and understand the process. It's going to feel like they have to do it. Bringing in these coaches that are real good. I mean, have, think about it. A good coach coming to Duke next season, they have a 9-1 record. Then, bam, USC calls. <laughs> bam, Colorado calls of DM. Gone. <laughs> right. They gone quickly. Like, it's back to the yeah. drawing board. I don't I don't fault them. Yeah. I don't, no, that's I don't what I'm saying. I don't Pick either. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I get it. Bro, thoughts. That's me, too. I get a check. But I, I guess I'm talking from the terms of fandom. Like, the fans yeah. get happy, yeah. then the fans' emotions up. We need some loyalty. I'm at, the, I'm at the game the other day, and the fans are saying that, what do they say? They're talking about something. Yeah, you know, Elko might take the Texas A&M job. He might take the oh, Texas A&M yeah, job. Yeah. I'm like, here we go. You already know. Mm-hmm. So um, those are my raw thoughts on that. Like, they already said, like, man, he's gone. They already hurt. But that's all That's all I got for that statement. Anything else you want to say about that? Prime, man, you nailed it right on the head. Like, totally. You said, hey, you know what? You know who they need? They need a homegrown guy, right? Well, there's a homegrown guy here in North Carolina, right? Right down the street, all right? Uh, Uh-oh. Championship Uh-oh. coach. Uh-oh. Right? Championship Uh-oh. coach. Making Uh-oh. history. All right? You know, they can just go right down the street and knock on the, knock on the, uh, the maroon and gray door over there. <laughs> you know, I mean, hey, look, listen, when you think about people don't see, you don't see a lot of HBCU hires going at the next level, right? But when you look at, how hard it is to coach and how hard it is to recruit and build a program at that level. You think about, okay, so you can turn around a program in two to three years, but some coaches get the limited budgets and they can't even do it right in 10 years and five right. years. You know what I'm saying? 
But um, I, I think there's some substance there. I think some some coach at the Division One FBS level needs to sit down and, and evaluate and say, if you can get a guy can do little a lot with a little. Imagine what he would do with a lot. Those are my wrong. Yeah, oh yeah, I, I can see that happening. But who? We're talking about Central here. Bro, I know you're talking about Central. I already knew what yeah. you were talking about, Ralph. Yeah. It's just, did, could you see him leaving yourself? I, I mean, listen, for a role like that, I, I'm not going to say I could see it, but, I mean, it don't get no better than that. You write down a street, homegrown guy, uh, you know, from Durham. Well, not necessarily from Durham, but in the Durham area, lived there. I mean, that's a that's a hop, skip, and walk, you know? I mean, it's not that far. I mean, Duke and, and Central are about like a – seven eight minute drive from each other i mean it's not that far right, right. But, um you think about what you can do there um the legacy you can build and the success that they haven't had mm-hmm, so if you mm-hmm. guy you can go there and you can build and, and maybe bring a a couple conference championships and uh you know and and build like you did over there at central imagine how great uh, they might even build a statue i mean you just think about like the, the coaches that haven't had as much success down there and you can come and build and and do things like that. I mean, I think that's promise there. Oh man, yeah, definitely. I can see that. I would like to see it, but we're gonna go to the next topic while oh, we yeah. got a little time. Now this is the big one. <laughs> oh boy, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, we talked about it a few minutes ago, but we're talking about it again. And this topic, the SEC SEC Championship, sponsored by a central. Brought to you by Essential Collections. Brought to you by Essential Collections. Mm-hmm. Number three topic for Essential Collections. So here we go. Um, Georgia, Alabama. Nick Saban versus Kirby Smart. Chess versus chess. Not chess versus checkers. Georgia been dominant the entire season. Alabama has been shuffling the card deck like they playing Uno and draw fours with quarterbacks, but they finally found their man. So here we go. Oh man, who you got? Who you with? Why do you with? Who you think? Uh, I already know. You, <laughs> you know, uh, you know, I'm with Bama all day, but I'm not gonna be a biased guy. It's number one versus number eight. Okay, Bama's number eight for a reason. Okay, uh, a lot of issues at the quarterback position. Beginning of the year, Milrow was starting. All right. Halfway, uh, you know, not halfway, but a few games later, you know, they pulled him and uh, and now he's back and he, he's been playing lights out ball, you know, um, and I, I enjoy watching his quarterback. Right. He reminds me of a um, a Jalen Hurts or he reminds me of um, uh, not necessarily a tool because he's not a left handed quarterback, but uh, he's a very big physical guy. Um, I think he's a great leader. You can show I mean, you know. Imagine how great of a leader you got to be to be a guy who's a day one starter, get pulled, and come back in now, and you're playing like you never missed a beat. He's uh, playing it, like a give me the Heisman Trophy guy is what he's Yes. Yes. <laughs> but, of course, he, he's not going to get that. I, too many guys. In the <laughs> Wrong too many guys. In, too, if, if Sanders not going to get it, he, he's not going to be anywhere near it. But uh, I, I love what I'm seeing from him. Um, I think this is going to be a heavyweight batter. Battle. Uh, I, I possibly think it's going to be a shootout. You know, so it's, it's going to be uh, a battle of who's going to have the ball last. You know, and and but here's a here's a thing that could be an outlier. Georgia defense is so great; they're so great, and they can mm. match up against Alabama's speed, their athleticism, and and they can play with anybody that's on Alabama except for the quarterback. 
that's the guy. If they can bottle him and they can keep him and keep the rush lanes well without the pocket collapsing, right, and keep him in the pocket, I think that's how they beat Bama. But you let that quarterback get outside and give him some and give him some reads and some uh, those quarterbacks getting that uh, scramble, scramble drill. I mean, it's going to be some time out there. It's going to give that guy some time to see some receivers down the field. But who I got in this game, um, of course, I got Bama. I'm not going to go Georgia on this one. You know, uh, I got Bama all day on this one right here. Uh, I'm going to come to be a homer on this one. <laughs> oh, man, for me, um, they always say you win the game in the trenches. You know, I can see Nick Saban all week cussing and fussing up and down that sideline at practice, two of their <laughs> practice, how many practices they got right about now. He's probably cussing yeah. up a storm. He know what he's about to get into, a slobber knocker, a knockout, a boom, boom, knock him out, however they want to say it. He knows Georgia is yeah. something he has to, to deal with. And Georgia wins this, they automatically going to be the number one seed probably in the, mm-hmm. in the college playoff. That defensive team, they've been boys in the trenches, get to the shuffling of decks. We don't need to see Nick Saban fold. Amazing coach, great coach. We have no question about the Alabama teams of the past and now. But if this team, the trenches, the Bulldogs trenches get after Alabama in the trenches, I don't want to see Nick Saban shuffling the draw four, the draw twos, because it's coming. Because I'm telling you, this is the type of defense – that's elite. This Georgia football defense in the trenches is elite. Now, but it's it's the tell of the tape. This mm-hmm. is what's happening. And, and football, right? Before we get to the next topic, they always say, you know this, you know that. Your scout teams, your recruit teams, you know each other well. Who yeah. knows Kirby Smart better than Nick Saban? Who knows him better than Nick Saban? This yeah. ain't going to come down to the, the players on the field. These guys on both sides of the football are amazing. Alabama and Georgia have some top-tier talented players. Yeah. It's going to come down to who strategizes the best. And that's where somebody will win. For me, Georgia should obviously win this game because of number one versus number eight seed. But again, you, you might get a shootout. You got Georgia, number one again. Alabama, number eight. But yeah. you got when you come to coaches evaluation, you got Nick Saban at the top, Kirby Smart still below him. Comes down to coaches, although Kirby Smart has a couple of championships. Those are my raw thoughts. But you know, logically, I'm gonna go on the other end of this, Jeremy, and just say it's I mean, the logic of me and the raw thoughts say Georgia should dominate this game because they finally got it together with the QB position at Alabama. They really listen, you're right, they really should, they should dominate this game but should right however <laughs> however alabama has been out coaching out playing uh down the stretch even if they didn't even have a uh um, shout out to my guy uh, mr baker in the building that's another yeah, appreciate that guy, appreciate that yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> even, even without their quarterback being playing elite level they they've been they've been getting it done this goes to show like you think about this right prior alabama teams they hadn't had to have a great game plan all right they just come up and show up and they out athlete everyone in front of them okay they're ace versus other teams ace and they're always better this year they've had some trouble all right so this is the time where you've seen you've really seen nick saban all right second half adjustments right and 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 some of their games I, i've seen this on the espn where they're saying like 
first half Alabama versus second half Alabama. And you see they come out of the locker room and they're playing. They're a totally different team. And they come back from, from behind and they win the game in the second half. This tells you coaching, right? In the first half, you're going to script. You're going to, you're going to, you know, you're going to look at what you did in practice and you're going to, you're going to go our look versus their look and you already got it planned. Okay. Second half is a game of adjustments. You change you, you, you everything you possibly did in the first half, you might throw it out because you create tendencies. Right. And that second half you build and you, you start changing your game plan. All right. And you've seen it from Alabama. And I, I think that they're going to go in focus because they know it's Alabama. They know it's Georgia, number one team, the big dog, they're going to come in ready and they're going to come in with a, a, a detailed, a great game plan. I can see Alabama really taking this one seriously. That's why I have Alabama. I, I think they're going to get it done. It's going to be a four-four so, game. So with that being said, Freedom and Faith Agency, call Linwood, 919-817-7018. Let's start with the, the GoFundMe crowdfunding. Let's get ourselves together. Let's change our families' wealth, our generations, our trajectory, and always make sure that we're doing the right things. Don't wait till last minute when everything is too late. Do it now. Make the best decision for yourself. He has life insurance policies waiting for you right now this moment. Freedom and faith agency. Call my guy, Lynn Wood. Don't wait to the last breath. So with that being said, um, before I go to the other one, you know, we have another sponsor in Tarver Coffee House. Order online, tarvacoffee.com. Use promo code ROLLMIND. Get a 15% discount. And when I, the reason why I put this up, because I was in the Tarver Coffee House when people brought up this to me. The next topic, you know. Oh shoot, not not next topic. Let's uh get out of this one. I done messed that up. All right, the next topic is this one. Michigan's still getting it done. Sponsored by Central Collections. Before we go back to the um Ibo, raw thoughts. Mm-hmm. Michigan's still getting it done, and people talking about the sign stealing, all this stuff. What I think, how I think, and I'm gonna give you those guys raw thoughts. But I'm gonna let you go first. Michigan still winning football games with the without, so it lets you know. The dominance that this team is probably the real deal. This is this could be the year the Michigan Wolverines win the national championship. Go ahead, Coach Jay. Listen, either they're the greatest team or they probably got cameras installed somewhere still recording. Oh! <laughs> 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 no, I'm joking. Listen, Michigan is the real deal. You saw how they dominated over Ohio State. Um, uh, listen, uh, Sharon, uh, I hope I'm saying his name right. He led that team well, and know how he did it. Solid defense, right? The run game. At times, they even have to pass. Imagine you have a team you don't have to pass at times, and you can just dominate, physically dominate another team at the line of scrimmage, right? Now, their game preparation was, man, it was elite. You think about the way that they shut teams down. and They didn't play no slouches. Now, we're talking about ranked teams. We're talking about Ohio State. You know, and you can and, and you can play elite level like this without having your hit your HC out there. Um, another thing there, their quarterback didn't lose it for them. You know, when you think about uh your quarterback on the side, you know, uh, having not having your HC there, um, that's the guy normally that can calm down outside of your outside of your offensive coordinator or your quarterback's coach. Your HC, your head coach is the one that can calm down your quarterback when he's not doing well. He didn't lose the game for those guys, and I enjoy seeing him play. Uh, now, here's some words from Harbaugh himself, right? He said, listen, not a thing would have changed, right, in the game plan. He wouldn't change nothing, right? The way he called that game, the decisions he made in that kind of environment and, and that kind of pressure, huge shout-out to Sharon. That right there um, shows me this guy's going to get an opportunity. 
put this, put any other coaches in this position and you're playing the arguably, arguably <laughs> uh, one of the top teams in the nation, all right? You're, you you might not see that result, all right? The, the game prep, the, the ability to make on-the-fly decisions, he did it very well, almost like he was the HC. Hats out to him, man. Yeah, yeah, for me, man, and I had questions, and people, this is where they go with, and I, I'll let you go deeper into this. You know, people, like, they don't necessarily see it stealing. People give you film, they say. Yeah. They, they look at your signs. They say the job is during the, the week to look at signs on film to see what teams and players, is this what people have told me, to say uh, to see players and what signs they have. So it. it's just like in baseball. The guy was saying, like, they do all the signs, mm-hmm. and you can tell they're throwing a fastball, curveball, a cur- um, knuckleball, whatever it is. Like that. You're looking at the sign to know what ball this guy going to have so you can have a, yeah. a glimpse of it. So they have coaches that actually been doing that. Every coach, they say, try to make it say, like, every coach does yeah. that. Every coach try to find signs, try to see things, try to do that. And they use those signs, may bring them in, and they see something. He said, nowadays, it's obvious because they put up Gator or Gatorade at the top with a with a poster. And they say, yeah. hey, look, this is what it is. And now you figure out what type of formation they're going to be in. So once they see it, they reveal it. They hurry up. That's why they got those coaches up in the press box all the way up there looking at formations, looking at what it mm-hmm. is, and getting the feedback and stuff for players. So they felt like it was not necessarily cheating. Like, people give it to you. I don't know if they I, – I know it's deeper than that when it comes to sign stealing and stuff. It probably is. But these are the, the fans way they went about it. coming to Mr. Raw Mind telling me about it. But they was trying to say that part. And I do give you something. I'm about to let you um, say it. So they were saying, like, you know – they still were going to find out either way. And they said they've mm-hmm. been doing this since the early 90s. But go ahead and, and, and dive into that a little deeper with your not well, with your real thoughts, not your raw thoughts. <laughs> Listen, they probably been doing this way before and since football started. It, it's just like a tactical game, right? It's like military chess. Uh, w- when you're trying to defeat your opponent, whatever they have out there, you're going to use to your advantage, right? So... That's why when you're filming, if you're, you know, I've been a VC before, video coordinator. When when you're filming other teams, you don't you don't capture your sideline, right? Why? Because the other team they're going to use it, right? There's there's just little things like that, like, you know, uh, it goes without saying, you know, if you can see it on film, you can use it, all right. Now, however, that's been going on. That's been prevalent for years. However, the way Michigan did it was the way. That's the reason why it's it's considered as a uh, as a um, as, as as being illegal, right? You know, from their perspective, they had guys going out going out to other games, right? Not not them getting it from their exchange film. They went install guys and they filmed it, right? Now, if mm. they found this, if they got the signals off of exchange film and maybe they, the you know, Ohio State film, they got an exchange, uh, you know, through Exos or so. Uh, yeah, that's there's nothing illegal there. But you go and install guys and you have guys recording and things like that. That's where it gets a little it's a little, you know, murky, a little shady out there. But um, it's been going on for years, man. Yeah. You know, this is nothing new. Um, it's just that the the it's it's been so big and so blown out of proportion. They had to find a way to hold somebody accountable because if they don't, everybody's going to do it. It's going to be a, become a free for all. Oh man, that's raw thoughts. And my guy Corey Baker says Michigan is the real deal. Yeah. So I'm assuming he's going Michigan. All right, we're gonna go back to the next slide. Uh, we're gonna go here. We go. Um, another topic sponsored by Central Collections by Monica Rich, the Iron Bowl, the catch. 
What was your thoughts on that play? We just gonna talk about that play because I know the game was already good. We know Auburn should have won. For yeah. you as a fan, you probably was jumping across the roof somewhere. But uh, what? Uh, oh, he got the Gucci gloves on or whatever it is. Uh, yeah. So okay, go ahead. Give me your raw thoughts. Uh, let me just tell you, blood pressure probably like one ninety. Um, listen, <laughs> fourth and goal on the thirty-one yard line. Okay, so first let me tell you this, right? Alabama fourth and goal, thirty-one yard line. Okay, thank you. Shame on you, Alabama, but double shame on you, Auburn. For giving up a pass like this, how dare your DBs even come back? <laughs> you gave up a fourth and 31 for a touchdown. Mm, 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 Who is the mm. secondary coach over there? Like, guys, listen. Are I they there today? Or are yeah, they fine? I mean, I mean, what's going on? If I, I'm the DB coach, guys, we're staying back. Everybody stay back. We're playing, you know, uh, bend but don't break, top-down defense, ball in the air, uh, knock it away. I mean, keep everything in front of you. Like, what are we doing here? Right. I don't understand how the receiver even got it outside the defender's frame. Mm-hmm. How did it even happen? So let's just think about this, right? It was Jalen Milrow to Isaiah Bond. Now, this is a great matchup right there. Uh, great combination. All right, we're going to see some more of that in, that in the next game, SC Championship, right? Don't forget that. Uh, but see, listen, <laughs> uh, it, it, that's just amazing how this even transpired. This shouldn't even happen. Like, I'm a Bama, I'm a Bama guy. I'm glad it happened. But from a defense perspective, this should not have happened. I, I don't, I, I don't understand. Uh, if I'm the defense coordinator, man, I'm pulling my hair out. Seriously, that should I, I, never I happen. Think, I think he's already bald. I think he's already done that. <laughs> I think he done that Saturday night. And if he ain't a drinking man, he was a drinking man that night. Wrong yeah, thoughts. And this is a one game. game. You got the this one game. game you had the moment, and I know this lady. Lord knows where's Miss Tracy Bassett. I ain't talked to her in probably about a year, but she is. Born, bred, war eagle, everything. She probably then took the table and, and, and turned it upside down. Shout uh, out to her, man. I think she's still at Optima um, doing some work out there. But um, in, in Greenville, ECU. Um, so, but I know every time I get with her, it's an hour of her breaking down the history, the legacy of Auburn. I don't learn so much about Auburn. I didn't even know until I met her. So that's just raw thoughts. Um, I know she officially just was ready to throw everything away. And I know she probably went slam off, but mm-hmm. as they say, you win, you're in. And Alabama roll tide is in. But that's my raw thoughts um for that end right there. So I'm gonna go ahead and knock this off. And you, I got one more topic. I'm gonna um, you know what? Before we go, go there, before we go there, this is payback right here. You know what this is payback from? Uh oh, uh oh. You remember three years ago when uh, Alabama had that field goal and we were like, yeah, Bama about to win this game, right? And then somehow Auburn, you know, returner on a field goal, return, catches the ball, and he takes it all the way back for a score. Hey, payback. You scored there. Y'all won. We scored. We got it back. Roll tide. Now, the roll thought minute. Is when mm-hmm. Jeremy and myself give our raw thoughts about whatever topic we want to talk about. And I guess we're going to call this one the college football topic because we're on a college football episode. We'll do our pros and high school stuff soon to be one or more. And you'll probably see the NFL Saturday and one or yeah. more with um, high school. So uh, what is your raw thought, Manny? Well, uh, I kind of alluded to this a little bit before we even got on, on the air, man. Uh, this is about the transfer portal, right? 
this madness is going on right now. So many hundreds of guys entering the portal each year. Um, and then sometimes it's making it difficult. You see guys unsatisfied in their role and they leave their team, you know, maybe eight games in the season. Now they got to sit out, mm -hmm. right? right? How about we make this pretty much like a free agency where if you leave your team halfway through the season, hey, you can transfer to Bama, right? They can use you, right? You know, let's 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 build Ooh. a system. We, we this can is gonna be the hot topic of the year. Go ahead. Let's, let's build agent college football players. Hey, this let's is a build something. Topic. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Let's build something that that really fits the mold. These guys are getting paid now. They're they're pretty much kind of like professionals now. Some of these guys are getting millions of dollars. Shador Sanders, right? They're getting paid. All right, let's give them the flexibility to be able to move the way they need to. Now, I know from the from the uh, college aspect, transferring during the semester, yeah, it could create some issues with class and things like that, but it can be done. It can be done. Maybe they can continue as an online student and possibly, you know, enroll as a uh, as an athlete. I don't know. That's that's for the institution mm. to decide. But I, I think the system is outdated. I think they need to figure out a way um, to really build something around a structure that fits. Right now, you're, you, there's a lot of guys that's transferring. You see how many hundreds of guys that are sitting out why? Because either teams are not picking them up or, you know, they're they're just sitting out waiting for their next team. I mean, you know, some of these guys can be picked up and used. So for me, raw thoughts, man, raw thoughts, man. And, um, It was good, but I think it'll get back good. It was good. Then it went way down and hopefully it'll pick up, although some turmoil. Colorado Buffaloes, my guy Prime. <laughs> Love them to death. You know, you know uh -huh. how I'm a prime guy. They call me prime time. So, yep. you know, with that being said, it's been the beginning of the season. It was coming, coming. Middle of the season, we'll be right back. End of the season, a few coaches oh, yeah. said, no, we ain't coming back. <laughs> End of the season, players recruited. No, we not coming. So mm -hmm. now I know they're getting Warren Sapp on the staff as a, as a defensive coordinator. Yep. I feel like this season was still a good season for him because he wasn't even expected to have that. Now, I don't know what the NIL going to do. I don't know what's going to happen next season. I don't know if we – I think with Colorado, the reason why they brought Warren Sapp in because they need people in the trenches. I think the skill play, they still have mm -hmm. enough. They still have talented guys. They need people in the trenches. And so right now, Warren Sapp's job is to go get the beef. Go get yeah. the beef. And that's why he's there, to go get the beef. That's all that is, and they need to keep that. I don't think he really cares about skill players coming and going, but that beef, he needs the beef. And Colorado ended the season to, to I guess, people's eyes because it was in the spotlight. They, I don't know if you noticed, they eventually started dwindling away from the spotlight. They started taking them off. They was good. They had them on TV, and I guess when Colorado didn't play so well, media put them to the side. We'll, we'll put you on. We'll keep you back at your regular time. When – um, Colorado's playing well. They had them on regular TV, even though they was in the mountain mm -hmm. time or Pacific time. As soon as they start losing, now we're gonna put you back to um, 11 p.m. Eastern. You know, and, and you'll see had people up one game. It's about two o'clock, but they still put it out. But uh, <laughs> I um think that Dion is gonna find a way. I I still see they coming, and I think they yeah. still are coming, and they will be there. It's just it happened, season it in like it's supposed to. But don't get it twisted. One thing about Dion, he gonna still keep coming and he gonna keep talking and he gonna keep doing what he do and he's gonna mm -hmm. eventually execute and make it happen. So, you know, the and best he's thing bring his luggage. 
Right. And, and it's Louis. It's Louis. <laughs> it's Louis. <laughs> that's my raw thoughts. But that's all for the show tonight, people. I'm glad you guys came. Coach Jay, any words before we get off? I appreciate you for having me, man. I'm excited. We're going we're gonna to have a show tomorrow, so stay tuned. Yeah, definitely, man. We got some high school to talk about, little short, quick stuff, high school. We're going to make sure we get it out there so anybody's watching, you know, get ready. We got a show coming tomorrow for high school talk, and then no NFL Saturday. NFL Saturday. Some big games in the NFL coming up, and boy, are mm-hmm. we ready. It's two teams. I yeah. know that already, and they've been ready since last year. I, I can get my preaching voice high. Yeah, they're ready. High. They're going out that way. High. But no, I ain't going to do all that. So that's what they're being saying. Hey, AR is coming back. AR is coming back. Oh, AR. That made a miraculous hey. recovery. <laughs> recovery. Unless it wasn't really what it was. It may wasn't what it was, but we're going to find out. He's still coming back. Unless Zach Wilson could pull a rabbit out the hat. No. Then I don't know what he's coming back for, but it is what it is. With that being said, that's us. Tune in. Podcast. Tune in to Raw Mind Sports on all podcast platforms on YouTube, all social media platforms as well. And you can always find Coach Jay at your favorite spot on the Raw Mind Zone and wherever else he would like to tell you. <laughs> yes, See you sir. guys soon. At Coach J.R. Andrew, underscore Andrews, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. There you have it. Raw mind, raw thoughts is out.